What is going on, fellow streamers? Welcome back to another episode of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform, TV, and movie show on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB and Dylan ready to break down another episode of Marvel Studios' What If. This time it's What If Thor Were an Only Child, plus a whole hell of a lot more plot twists in this episode, uh, like they do in each of these What If episodes. Plus, we're going to break down the first two episodes of Star Wars Visions, uh, talk about the new Star Wars uh, show out on Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus Day has some new things that are announced, Dylan. I don't know if you saw that, but we'll get into those. That is on November 12th. You and always of course, surprise me. I did not see any of that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course... This Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, it's going to be on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi, Twitter at undergroundphi, and Twitter at streamerszn. Dylan and I will be live streaming our reactions to Netflix's hashtag to dumb event. You guys are going to see it all. So 12 p.m. Let me uh, write this down in my notes. 12 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday afternoon. It should be a very fun time uh live reacting to everything that netflix is going to throw at us but before we get started big thank you to our sponsors who allowed dylan and i to freak out about michael fassbender mephisto and everything in between and that's our friends at tomahawk shades the best small batch eyewear in the game dylan and i are wearing our blue light glasses every time we're watching marvel's what if star wars visions and everything in between so go to tomahawkshades.com Get your sunglasses, blue light glasses. Check out the fall collection that just dropped as well. And uh, when you go to check out, use our promo code USP to get 25% off at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official vodka of the underground. Go to StatesideVodka.com. Get the vodka soda party packs so you can crack those bad boys open for our live stream on Saturday. Or when you're watching What If, Star Wars Visions, and everything else in between. You got to be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. And you got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. We're going to get into what if episode seven, very first uh, topic of discussion here on this week's episode. And it's what if Thor were an only child, uh, which all of these what if titles. They have their own little meanings, but they are such a a bare bones title for what actually happens in the episode. There's and I love that. Oh, I, I I also love it. You said this last week too, and once again, two out of two, Kyle. It's like it's kind of like they just give you this generic like eh. But then as you're watching the episode, there's so many like in this episode in particular. I can't even. It's well. It's, it's not spoilers, a because you shouldn't be listening. If you yeah, here's watched. your single spoiler <laughs> warning. If you're just here to get details about Tadum and our our live stream, here's your spoiler yeah. warning to fast forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. There's so many cameos of aliens and other and cre- crazy creatures that we've seen, and that's kind of important because you see them a lot earlier, like in the Marvel scale mm-hmm. um and they're just chilling partying on earth um yeah so it's just that opens up plot lines in itself it's like what if this alien interacts with said person and you kind of get a little bit of that and kind of i'm sure kyle would talk about it but there's this all, it's all kinds of weird you know like scrolls just actively partying with everybody on earth was 
absolutely stupid. Yeah, the um, band-aid got ripped right off. In Marvel <laughs> Universe, humans kind of slowly got indoctrinated to like the fact that they aren't the only ones. But they're going to be watching YouTube videos now in this world, and they're going to see scrolls. They're going to see um, Blood the, the Giants. Uh, Loki. Uh, yeah, the Frost Giants. Frost Giants. They're going to see Thor himself. So now they know North mythology is real. They're going to see there was uh, Korg. <laughs> there was Nebula. There was hey, Thor. Thor, he's making fun of me again. Hey, hey, Thor, can you come tell him to get off Fortnite? <laughs> there was the Ravagers, space pirates made up of all kinds you of... You know, just casually the Guardians of the Galaxy were there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no mention of them, like, whatsoever throughout. Um, but there was a very funny line from uh, Nebula, which we'll get into later on. Um, but the quote from The Watcher for this episode is, more than battles won or lost, it's relationships that truly define a hero the people who shape them their stories thor and loki a brotherhood so strong and pivotal it would change the fate of a universe their childhood taught uh thor many lessons but in another universe instead of raising the jotunheim prince loki as his own odin returned him to his people without his trickster brother to keep things let's say lively thor grew into a very different prince yeah um different Definitely, but really, I think Kyle and I talked about this off camera. I don't think it was that different. And Kyle said it, so I don't want to steal his thunder. But he, he Kyle just said that he'd learned his lessons later in life, mm -hmm. uh, and that's you see that in the episode, and that's pretty much it. Other than that, I, I, Kyle, I think we both agree it's pretty much the same Thor. Yeah, I mean, the synopsis here says uh, Thor, who never learned how to be a good hero, throws an out of control intergalactic party on Earth. Which is where we got the social media term hashtag Party Thor. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for it, and I don't. I mean, it it, it hints that he does something bad that he destroyed a planet. Uh, yeah, he never really goes into detail. He just says that uh, he didn't do it, or it was gonna. It was no. He rather, I'm sorry. He says it was already like breaking or on. Yeah, it was more of a meteor than a planet. Yeah, the goat named Gary survived. So, shut up. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> The point is, this Thor is just your local brat or chat. Yeah, and he learned he learned life lessons along the way. But that's what, that's what life's all about, right? Exactly. So instead of adopting Loki, Odin returns him to the Frost Giants, leaving Thor to grow up as his only child. Which is like, okay, where's where's uh, where's Big Bad Sis at? Is she still just locked up and not known? <laughs> She's still not here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> she not exist in this timeline. Uh, as he became of age, Thor began to travel among the cosmos as the self-dubbed party prince. In modern times, as Odin enters the Odin sleep, what a very original name there, uh, Frigga assigns her son to study up on the Nine Realms in preparation to become king of Asgard. Although she disallows Thor from partying, he gathers Sif and the Warriors Three to travel Earth and perform the contrary as Heimdall barely pays attention to the humans. In New Mexico, Jane Foster and Darcy Lewis. It was very awesome having Kat Dennings back in the MCU. She's oh, fantastic dude. as Darcy. She Loved is amazing. it. Loved it. Uh, it's been a while. It's been since WandaVision since we've had Kat Dennings. So very happy to have her back in the MCU. Uh, they track Thor's arrival on Earth. They contact S.H.I.E.L.D. to inform them of an alien invasion, uh, believing that it was the same force that decimated Alpha Star two years prior. Meanwhile, Thor and his crew land in Las Vegas and move the crowd into partying 
as otherworldly life forms join in. Foster and Lewis also arrive at and find Thor. Foster talks to the Norse god of thunder about Alpha Star, and they begin to fall for each other. While the party goes on, Howard the Duck. I was so I was, happy to I see was, my boy. I was gonna say, how happy were you to see him? And also, that was just funny that, that out of all characters, that we get two episodes of Howard the Duck. It's making me think that Howard the Duck is making his way back into MCU canon. I mean, he's a pretty. I mean, you know this more than me because you're more of a Howard Duck guy. But he's a pretty big character, like a mm-hmm. big side character. Gets into a ton of shit with Spider Man and Deadpool and. If we see Howard the Duck in the new Deadpool movie, like, it's a wrap. I wonder if they would do, um, if they would have the same voice actor for him now. Uh, what's his face? Family guy. Uh, Seth. Seth. Seth Green? Seth Green. Yes. I wonder if they would have him back or if they would try to get... That would be awesome. Because, like, he's a pretty notable actor. Like, people know his voice from his yeah. comedy. So it's not like he's not like, it wouldn't be like a nobody casting. I would like it. I've liked him so far in What If. He's very funny and he's like dry humor. And yeah, it's love Howard. I'm all for it. Um, so we get Howard the Duck once again, and he asked Lewis out only to get uh, engaged soon after. So we've got Darcy and Howard the Duck engaged. Crazy. We saw a, a duck wedding. <laughs> Quack. Didn't expect that. Uh, Shield director Nick Fury attempts to reach Thor, but is knocked unconscious by Korg. Sorry, (laughs) sorry, Brew. You know, Uh, Korg is very he's probably he's probably very apologetic to the unconscious body afterwards. Sorry, Nick. Sorry, my bad, bro. Sorry. Uh, Leading Maria Hill to be named acting director. The next morning, Foster and Lewis are summoned by Brock Rumlow and Hill to the Shield uh, helicarrier to have them help eliminate the alien threat. Phil Coulson reveals that the party atmosphere has begun spreading to other corners of the world. Thor himself having left for France as Foster objects to any sort of shield intervention. Rumlow brings forth Fury's pager, which Hill uses to summon Carol Danvers. Also when they're in the hotel room the next morning and like hung over and everything, did you get a good little chuckle when they zoomed in on rocket and was like, Oh fuck, that's Bradley Cooper. Hello. Hangover. Yes. I also just like the fact how Thor called him a rabbit. I love that bit. That is one of my favorite Marvel bits of all time. Just funny because um, no one knows. It, it seems like in all the movies, no one ever knows what. Well, not no one, but like people from not from Earth don't understand what rabbit yeah. is. Um, but I was like, oh, this is great. This is very like the next morning of the hangover, like the original hangover movie. And there's Bradley Cooper, a.k.a. Rocket Raccoon just hung over in the hotel room. Oh, that was, it was incredible. It was, it was a nice little nod. It, it, yeah. It was typical Vegas, you know, like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You Where's party, Doug? You party with aliens. Where's Doug? Is he on the roof? <laughs> Probably. Probably still there. Um, also Thor and, and Jane Foster getting matching tattoos was amazing. It's pretty cute. Um, it's kind of interesting. How uh, throwing it back an episode a couple episodes ago, where Doctor Strange's woman is like destined to die, mm-hmm. um, is I wonder if Jane and Thor meeting is an absolute point in time and like mm. falling in love because you didn't like I'm sure you probably thought the same thing with the way this episode was going. You maybe figured they were gonna like get together or like you know be infatuated, but 
you also were like maybe not because Thor's a little more of an asshole and like the way they're meeting is a little more abrupt but sure enough head over heels for each other i didn't even think of that and that's such a good point because we see in the mid-season trailer that came out last week party thor and and strange supreme like are together and they're literally destined because jane foster becomes thor like she's mm-hmm. worthy of the hammer so that's like, such a good point dude great pull by you that's a good it's a good take by your boy it's probably the best one because normally kind of i just ran about michael fassbender <laughs> and mephisto <laughs> okay uh and as loki and his fellow frost giants arrive so we see a a loki variant well, that was hilarious dude that was hilarious um animated tom hiddleston is fantastic and oh well, it's me your brother from another mother if i'm not mistaken in loki did we see like frost giant loki when they were like switching through everything uh, i'm not sure oh, i think we did possibly like they hinted at it and we also did see we, we all know the older thor we saw loki turn blue mm. they just stopped doing that because uh it wasn't worth like the cgi and money and yeah rather see tom hilston look like tom hilston i'm like trying to think if we saw that like when they were i think it was like episode two maybe of uh Yes, we did. There was Frost Giant Loki in yeah, it Loki. Showed it, right? Yeah, and the hologram looking thing, right? He just didn't have his horns like he did in What If, but it was just like blue Frost Giant Loki. Let's go. Saw I just Loki variant. Like the how they get along better and not as brothers. That was so great. Um, so it's that's totally like a Loki variant, right? Like we're on the same page with that. Yeah, because this is a, this is a, this is a Thor variant. Yeah. Born um, in this show is a variant. We're so we get friends. we get a a Loki Frost Giant, which was awesome to see. Um, see. And the Frost Giants, uh, they arrive to join his quote brother from another mother, Love and uh, they're in France. Carol Danvers arrives and demands Thor to leave Earth. When he refuses, the two engage in a globe-spanning fight. Which what an awesome fight scene that we awesome got. fight scene because they're literally getting yeeted across countries because like neither one of them was using their full force because both of them are like two of the strongest characters and like- which is why I loved it so much because like everyone talks about you know from Endgame like who else would have been able to do that to Thanos and it's like who are the most powerful Avengers and like having Thor and Captain Marvel go head to head with each other and just like like you said yeeting each other across the globe was yeah. amazing yeah because they both got nerfed um, from there, and as you know, I'm sure anybody who like has read a comic or two, like they know that those two characters in particular, even the Hawk, actually, that's a conversation another time. Those two characters in particular, their movie versions kind of got nerfed. I mean, like it sucks for Brie Lawson because you, like Captain Marvel doesn't even really do much outside of her own independent movie. She doesn't really get that much screen time. She kind of shows up, says a joke about Peter. It was a badass scene of like the chicas of Marvel fighting together, and that's it. Which I think we'll get more of her and like her powers. Yeah, in no, and the I'm, Marvels. I'm grateful for that, and it's just the opposite of well, Thor. They're kind of setting it up. I feel like for the new movie that he's in, mm-hmm. um, to be the most powerful he's ever been because he's progressively gotten stronger and realized he's more than the hammer. Um, but it's literally basically two gods going at it. Yeah, so it's just nuts. Space God versus Norse God. Um, space cop, <laughs> space cop. Versus <laughs> god. 
So they engage in a globe-spanning fight, which ends back in France in Thor's favor. He leaves Danvers to be humiliated as a, quote, party pooper. Uh, back at the helicarrier, Hill scolds Danvers for her defeat, but Danvers explains if she exert her full power, she will blow a crater in this planet, which will cause lots of fatalities. Uh, also, very hilarious Top Gun reference when they bring up her cat. and It was like, oh, what's its name? Oh, yeah. oh, and you're Top Gun. She was, um, she was fangirling hard. That was so great. After a romantic phone call with Thor, Jane Foster attempts to stop S.H.I.E.L.D.'s plan to drop a nuclear bomb on the Asgardian, but she and Lewis are dismissed by Hill. Uh, also hilarious when Crossbones is like, we never get to fire the nukes. Oh, I'm, I'm glad he's like a little recurring side character. I love him. He's so great. You and I both are big fans of Crossbones. Yeah, um, I just kind of like the actor. He fits, like, if they didn't use him for Crossbones, he's his face. He's the kind of actor that I could see portray the Punisher. If yeah, didn't Frank Grillo have, is great. Yeah, exactly, if they didn't already have John Berthold. So, yeah, Kyle and I have big stands of Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo makes very frequent podcast appearances across the, uh, the podcasting universe. So, Frank Grillo ever wants to come on and... Uh, come through to streamer season we would love to have frank grillo also when i've googled frank grillo's name it says loki underneath of it we all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons but what if i told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football baseball basketball or hockey Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Variant. Frank, can we actually can we actually get a more legit crossbones Marvel, please? I would love that. Um, so yeah, Frank Grillo, come on the podcast challenge would be very fun. He's hilarious on every podcast I've seen him on. Um, so the party begins to grow destructive as various landmarks are either damaged or vandalized. Foster calls Thor again, but is picked up by Loki, who breaks the phone. Lewis gets the idea to contact Frigga through Heimdall, which successfully gets Foster summoned to Asgard. She tells Frigga that her son was out partying on Earth. Meanwhile, in Sydney, Thor is abducted by Danvers and taken to Siberia. As S.H.I.E.L.D. prepares to drop the nuke there, Frigga appears in front of Thor. The party prince nervously tells her that he was studying as part of an exchange group. Uh, and then we see a nice little polar bear roar. So that was a lie. Uh, shout out to Mori. Uh, but Frigga decides to cut her vacation short and find out for herself. Thus, Hildra uh, decides to drop their attack. Fearful of Frigga's impending arrival, Thor decides to end the party, which angers his audience. However, they agree to help clean up after themselves when he broadcasts his mother's arrival to them. Well, Once he also he flexes his power. <laughs> yeah. Once he lands on Earth, for, uh, once she lands on Earth, I'm sorry, Frigga finds Thor and his party crew studying while Danvers lends him a tablet loaded with information and PR podcasts, another podcast reference on a show, which is great. 
on human civilization. As the Asgardians prepare to leave, Thor attempts to retrieve Mjolnir, but he finds it covered with party material. Uh, and back in New Mexico, Thor and Foster arrange for a date. As Thor leaves, the Watcher forwards a saying of the two living happily ever after. However, much to his surprise and Thor's shock, a portal appears in front of Thor in which an army of Ultron sentries, along with an Ultron vision fusion brandishing the six Infinity Stones, emerges. And then the episode ends. And I had to go back and watch that ending again because at first I thought it was Galactus and I was like, holy shit. No, they're gonna say but then I paused and I said, holy shit, that's vision with Infinity Stones. It was nutty. Good. It, it, um, it just it really crazy seeing that. And a good eye would have called. I uh, would have noticed earlier, very when they were touring the um, the halls in which Thor resided, there was the Infinity Gauntlet as one of mm-hmm. the trophies in the background. So I actually foreshadowed what we saw. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel like this episode has a lot of awesome Easter eggs and a couple like. But I think you agree with me that the real like meat and the real like fucking crazy part about this episode, pardon my French, is uh, I was just jostling for croissants as uh, or crepes as uh, Thor said, is the ending because it yeah. sets up. It's going to continually. It's going to set up the next episodes probably, and we're going to see an epic conclusion to season one of this the series. This show just continues to get better and better and better as it goes on. Like every episode has been fantastic, but like the more we start seeing that, like it's unraveling into a a big team up event at the end of season one, like this episode, that, that wild twist at the end where the watcher like doesn't even realize what's happening, tells you all you need to know about how fucked up this universe gets and it's like the watcher can't even keep a hold on, you know, everything going on. Yeah, and it's exciting to like we've kind of know our our heroes. We know our chosen warrior. Well, heroes is a questionable word considering a couple of people that we're gonna list. But uh, you know, we have Captain Carter, she's definitely a hero. We we're all excited to see her. We have Spider-Man Supreme. Uh we have Strange Doctor- Supreme. Yeah. And Doctor Strange. That's where I bit my tongue. That one's not really a hero. <laughs> he kind of destroyed his planet. But, you know, it was out of love. So we'll, we'll, we'll give him a B minus. Um, you have, I don't know, are they going to bring also the head of Scott Lang and injured T'Challa along? I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, or do we get Star Lord T'Challa? Are we going to get T'Challa Spider Man meme? Oh, man. That would be great. Well, we also see in the mid-season trailer, like, Gamora finally comes through. Yeah. And she's, like, wearing, like, Thanos armor. So people think she might be a big bad. Yeah. Where, like, she might be coming from that universe from Star-Lord T'Challa episode, where, like, Thanos is, like, kind of a good guy. Yeah. But then, like, Gamora picks up the mantle and she goes out on the Infinity Quest. That makes sense, because Nebula is also a good guy in that too so it would be interesting to see i don't know i guess we're like because we get vision in this episode with the infinity stones and we've seen strange supreme and party thor together and then they're like oh great zombies what a fun time 
So like we're gonna see the Marvel zombies again too. Um and you know, there's a universe with the Marvel zombies where zombie Thanos exists and has all but one infinity stone. This Ultron Vision has all six Infinity Stones, it looked like, if I counted correctly. And then if Gamora is going on an Infinity Stone quest, like, we could be in for, like, a three-way battle for the Infinity Stones plus this ragtag team of Avengers. Yeah, and ragtag. Emphasis on ragtag. I'm (laughs) I'm not even sure how the Doctor Strange is going to even, like, come into this universe. Yeah. He's just watching... And he's gonna be like, ah, oh, well, I fucked. Well, up. he could all. Strange Supreme could also be fighting for the Infinity Stones to like reverse everything and and try to bring Homegirl back. Yeah, so like still being greedy. Um, and, and then we've got Captain Marvel. And then in the episode where the Avengers all get murked, Steve Rogers was still on ice. We still have Captain Carter. We have uh, Steve as a Hydra Stomper, and Star Lord T'Challa, and like that cast and crew. And well, then well, the, uh, one, the ones where they get murked is like the least, not least consequential. But well, I think that's probably- where Captain Marvel came from. Because remember, Nick Fury called upon Captain Marvel and she came through in that episode. Yeah. And then they were like ready to like take Steve out of the ice. And she was like, oh, well, what's next? I, I think that's where we get the introduction of Captain America in this timeline of events plus we'll get steve as hydra stomper and we'll have uh captain marvel we'll have star lord t'challa we'll have captain carter party thor um and i mean loki's still out there (laughs) from that episode too there's quite a few characters that and like who knows in season two maybe they'll bring in shang chi and then like my there's so many heroes that didn't even get included or even Easter eggs, mm-hmm. um, which could, <laughs> knowing this show, they could randomly. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, we see Deadpool pop up riding a tricycle, like, randomly or something. Like, I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, this series is literally alternate realities. So, like, maybe we'll see a Deadpool, but, like, Ryan Reynolds' face is not but ugly. Mm-hmm. Well, he's never ugly, but <laughs> in the purpose of the, the cancer and mutilation. Did you pick up on the the fun line too in this episode when uh, they're trying to clear out and Nebula's like, "Oh, uh, I think I hear my dad calling." Yes, I was like, "Oh shit, where's Thanos?" That well, he's probably still a bad guy in that in that universe. Yeah, we trust me. In every universe, that man besides the one that man's either dead or still bad (laughs) or a zombie. Yeah, which still bad. Um, no, the ending is just crazy. Like that's yeah, just, that was like out. probably the biggest plot twist. Well, because yeah, any episode this season. Because like like I said, other than that, it still feels like a standard MCU uh, thing. Like the zombie one's different. A couple of them were different. Well, let's and also I'm, not forget too with the Killmonger episode. Like that Killmonger's was- still alive, and Shuri links up with Pepper Potts at that end like those two that ending and then the ending of this one were like the biggest like like last week was more so a big cliffhanger of like okay what's next yeah. this one cliffhanger in a sense of like holy shit what a plot twist no and that's that's why i respect it and that's why i'm excited going forward um i'm just i was looking at this from the like from the fact that this fo- focuses around thor like he's the introductory hero 
And like I said earlier, it's, he's pretty much the same Thor. He doesn't look different at all. There's no other differences in his like fighting style. He is relatively the same. He just learns. No be beard. Better. Yeah, he's, he, he just learns to be a better person a little bit later in life. But I wouldn't argue like from how watching him act, he wasn't a shitty person. He just mm-hmm. didn't didn't have someone to kind of guide him. What's yeah. the whole point of being only child? Whereas the other, some of the other heroes are completely different. Like Chachala and his gets kidnapped and then becomes a space pirate hero. Space that's, cowboy. That's a lot different than the predestined become. And that one before the world might end, that one sets it up that where he can still become Black Panther if he wants to and throw right. and still. So my point is like, that's why the Thor one, the ending is the, the ending was the biggest and the most important part. Like it was cool seeing Easter eggs of all the characters, but that's, all the aliens really were there for was just more of an Easter egg and just kind mm. of showing you how large the party was. Um, but like I said, I keep repeating myself, same Thor, same Jane Foster. Her awesome friend is still as quirky and goofy as ever. Um, but we get the ending and that, who knows? Maybe our, maybe Jane dies the next episode if she's, I don't did, know. Did you get kind of like leo pointing meme vibes when the scrolls were there switching into party thor and he was like no you do it no you no you turn into me like that was the first time we've seen full-blown just like willing interaction with scrolls and obviously we know secret invasion is going to be a thing in the mcu it's going to be a show on disney plus that gave me like my first inclination of like okay like we got to be on high alert of like who potentially in this MCU we've grown to know and love is going to turn out to be a scroll. Literally. We all know in snake fury. <laughs> um, no, cause in the comics, Nick fury leads from the satellite. Um, well, if he's always down on earth, who's going to be in the satellite? Everybody's Which I mean, we did see him on that satellite at the end of, uh, was that the end of Spider-Man? I'm just saying. So Literally, that, that leads me that leads me to this, Dylan. You know we gotta do it to him. Our play pickup prop of the week here oh, on streamer shit. season. Uh, pickup is the best place to play the props, guys. It's the number one spot to uh start building your pickup fan profile by making picks on the hottest headlines in sports and hopefully in the near future pop culture, like we do here on streamer season. And Dylan, that leads me to ask. Are we going to see Thor's scroll? Maybe. Wait, actually, I've said yes to all of them, so I'm going to say no to this one. I'm on the fence. I don't know, because, like, the willingness to change into Thor like that, and obviously this is a different quote-unquote timeline from our, our normal, you know, Avengers Infinity Saga timeline, but... My this is correlating to our show. My brother just sent me. Did you see the Topher Grace quote? No. Topher Grace jokes about playing Venom and Spider Man. A, a fan asked him, "Like, are you going to appear in the new movie?" And he said, "This. Please keep it between us." But yes, I am in it. The plot starts with Peter Parker bummed, uh, Tom Holland bummed that everyone knows his identity, and some crazy shit happens with Doctor Strange and Doctor Octopus. Coming out of coming into his dimension, then Electro and the Green Goblin. It gets really funny. Hold on, hop out of those energy circles, and he quotates it. 
and they're like, it's spider stomping time. Then Tom Hardy and I pop out and battle each other, and I win, obviously. And it's like not even a fight. I just kick his ass immediately. Not to give too much away, but there are also some actors from the original 70s Spider-Man show, Aquaman and Batman, Affleck, not Keaton, crossover. And thanks to Disney, Han Solo's ghost from Rise of Skywalker and that Eve robot from Wally. Again, please keep this private. <laughs> I'm dead. What a so, quote. Topher Grace is uh is a muse. It would be funny if he's a cameo, like not as not as Venom, just like in yeah, like a Stanley cameo, but like Topher Grace. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There before I forgot. I don't know if Thor's gonna be a scroll or not, but it did like kind of like make me kind of like nod my head a little bit and be like, they were pretty quick to just be like willing to change into Thor. Yeah, that's true. But they're also being good party, uh, you know, like guests. Very true. Um, party poopers. That was the that was the emphasis. The episode. Yeah. Don't be a party pooper. So I don't know if Thor will be a scroll. Dylan says no. You guys can let us know. Go to playpickup.com and start building your fan profile by placing props on the hottest headlines in sports. Dylan, let's get to our rating for this episode of What If. It's episode seven. What if Thor were an only child? Your rating, my good sir. Well, Thor, I often ask myself the same question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Look at Tyler's room. Um, no, uh, I give it... Like I said, it's setting up for better things to come. So I'm not going to go in the 9 range. I'm going to go with a solid like 8.5. Yeah, I, I'm going 8.8. Eight. Right, I think so this one was... We're on the same page. It was very fun. They they got a lot into this episode in such a short amount of time too, which yes. I really enjoyed. Like it was it was definitely an episode that you have to follow closely because so much happens, so you don't miss anything. Um, that ending was unreal. It's like that. It's almost like Age of Ultron in the the live action, where like Age of Ultron sets up Infinity War and Endgame. This one's gonna set up Episode Eight and Episode Nine. Of uh of what if over the next two weeks, which is crazy to think we only have two more episodes this season of what if. It's nuts, dude, right? Um, but yeah, I'm giving this a solid eight eight. Dylan goes eight five, and uh I'm very excited to see where what if goes for the penultimate episode and the finale of season one over the next two weeks because it's gonna be absolutely bananas off its rocker, crazy, bonkers, and uh I can't wait for it. I'm very excited. I uh, just the ending still just has me very excited. It was the first Marvel esque like ending mm -hmm. what we got in this like the because if you don't even I mean some people probably don't even realize it's Vision like Kyle said yeah. he thought it was Galactus. I mean it might be it looked like Darth Vader for a second. I don't know. Like it's just so it's 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 exciting. Now. Um. So that was what if Thor were an only child, Dylan. We're in your wheelhouse now, brother. Star Two Wars. of your favorite things, <laughs> Star Wars and anime. I'm going to let you take the reins as uh, we're going to break down the first two episodes. So the reason we're doing the first two episodes is because going into today, we had no idea that Disney Plus was going to drop all nine episodes of Star Wars Visions on our heads. And Dylan and I also had no idea that they were like shorter episodes. We yeah. thought they were kind of going to be like half hour ones. Um, so we were prepared for one episode of Star Wars Visions, but we're going to do two episodes this week, two next week, two the following week, and then 
three weeks from now, we'll do the final three episodes um, to break down on the show. So if you watch them all, great. Congratulations. Glad you have that much time on your hands. I probably will tonight. I've watched two or three, so I'm going to watch the rest like an irresponsible adult. <laughs> but, that's, but I'll rewatch them. So um, no, no. Um, first, of all, first two episodes of Star Wars Visions will be this episode and Dylan, my good man, I will let you have the floor because you've been waiting for this show more so than I like. I was excited for this show because it's a new take on Star Wars. Um, that's why I'm excited. Throwing, throwing you have been up. beyond excited for this. And we saw yesterday before the episodes dropped, uh, the creators of Star Wars Visions have no plans at this time to canonize everything that happens in visions which you and i are both on the same page of saying that's a good thing because it makes sense after the second episode by the yeah. way <laughs> there's no they way can they can now take it in whatever direction they want and it's kind of like its own you know branch what if type of scenario again the whole podcast hosted by steve mcavoy and john mavalia be sure to follow us on twitter at get in the whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf releasing weekly a part of the underground sports philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows Yeah, no, it's kind of playing on the whole what if variant Loki aspect. Um, no, I was very excited for firstly throwing my like for Star Wars and uh, anime, which is new. So I'm, I'm not one. I'm not like an old school anime dude. I'm very new to the subject. I'm still learning. Um, I just love making Star Wars fans mad. Um, I'm a Star Wars fan myself, and I just I think there's such a such a disgruntled group and they always reject any change granted the newer movies some of them were bad so like i understand the reluctancy to change but like you're getting some of the top anime slash manga like creators and artists of all time and they're going out of their way and doing like japanese influenced star wars for the first time ever and I've already seen people like throw it away before it even came out. Or like I've already seen a couple bad reviews on Twitter, like, oh, it's not my thing, or I refuse to watch it because anime. And that just sounds like the kids in like third grade that were like, I'm not watching that because it's anime. Like see, I was very intrigued. I was very happy today that like when you search Star Wars Visions on Twitter, it was very positive. Well, okay, I saw negative Twitter. I'm glad you saw positive. I saw a Twitter. lot of positivity about Star Wars Visions, which I was very happy to see. But um to knock it off, we'll go with the first episode. Typical, like, shonen-esque, like, samurai, also western vibe, which, you know, those two are kind of more or less the same thing in some ways in the eyes of Hollywood. So we just get a protagonist. Um, he's just chilling. His droid breaks down. Kind of typical Star Wars. Things break down a lot. We watch The Mandalorian. My man's shit is always breaking down. <laughs> it's so on brand. It's like so that's the most Star Wars thing to have like not good technology. Um the fit looks nice. The animation style also is pretty interesting in this one. Yeah. Like, very dark and shady. I kinda I kinda liked it though. I didn't like black it. and white for the most part. Um so he he, he finds a man, uh they're talking, and then boom, they get interrupted by typical Star Wars bandits. Um, which these bandits were like stormtrooper inspired inspired. 
They were like remnants of stormtroopers. They were stormtroopers. They looked badass. They were like stormtroopers, but they had some modifications. Um, typical like ransacking and pillaging, not not pillaging, but like holding a town hostage situation. Uh, the town leader happened to be a little kid that looked like Huey from the Boondocks. <laughs> Yeah, I was was wondering like how he kind of looked familiar. And now that you say that, yeah, big time Huey vibes that that just cracked me up. Um, And then it's interesting, though, this is where it starts to get a little different than your stereotypical Star Wars, because our protagonist is not acting like the gun ho hero. He just suave, smooth walks in as the boondocks Huey look like guards are fighting back and, and killing quite a few of the sword troopers once again prove extra troopers prove no worth because they were just getting mowed down um <laughs> big young. time like din Djarin vibes from ronin who is the yeah. the main character of this episode dude he's suave walking through a battle like a battlefield it's essentially um and he, he's walking that way because through the um, convoy vehicle, we all knew we all knew this lady was a Sith before she even took out her helicopter lightsabers, which that's something I never knew I needed until today. Um, but so you assume that he's a Jedi or a do-gooder walking towards her to battle. And then through her dialogue set i think she says it's been a long time since i killed a jedi and like she Mm -hmm. rolls her eye and then my man draws his lightsaber like a samurai would unsheath his samurai so his katana and we see something a little different it's red um and that's that's when i was like sold on the show like the series so far it's it's, it sounds corny but like that plot twist alone is just so it's so different it's not your standard like Luke versus Darth Vader or like, you know, sibling. Well, there are some sibling episodes in this, but like it wasn't just stereotypical. It was mm-hmm. same faction fighting the same faction. And that was awesome. And yeah, I think you agree that the fighting was awesome. That helicopter ladies lightsabers was pretty cool. Yeah, it was like you said, it was a different like animation style than I think, you know, Western American, you know, civilization is is used to. Um but it was it was super entertaining. Like you said, it gave you like that, that Western kind of Mandalorian type of vibes in terms of just like character development and like how things unfolded. And it was Sith versus Sith, you know, and, you know, Ronan, he's collecting those red Kyber crystals. Uh, and then he leaves one in the hands of of young boy. He's like, <laughs> young hold, hold on to this thing. And it's like, oh, he's just influencing this kid to, to be a Sith. Yes, but that I interpret it differently. That's the best part. There was no clear, like you don't know if this if the, if he was a reformed Sith and is now mm-hmm. a Jedi. You don't know if he's just like culling the weak kind of thing, like a new world order. I don't know if he's bored. <laughs> Who knows? He's just, we all all he know is he had like four or five of them. So my man killed four or five other Sith. He stayed strapped with those things. He did have quite a few, and man it was, was like Thanos with Infinity Stones. <laughs> wow, I what? Yeah, that's a good point. Star Wars, man, you are nothing as a protagonist without a strong droid companion. I've come yeah, to, I've come to realize, and and Ronan proves that. 
yet again. But all in all, it was a good episode, and I hope anybody who uh, watched it liked it. The animation style was interesting. I'm going to have a list. I don't have it up now. I'm trying to find it of what studio created that. Um, so it was, episode, and I'm gonna like name their popular. Uh, it was animated by Kamikaze Duga. That was the studio that popped up on the uh, the first screen before it went into the episode. Okay, what did they? Oh, they make they make JoJo. Okay, I don't know if you ever heard that before. Yeah, yeah, it's really popular. I actually just started watching that. That one's hilarious. Um. So yeah, it's a good good episode. Um, it's not much more to say. Do you want to rate these, Cal? Or do you want to just go on to the? Next I think one? with visions we can kind of like just rate the the project as a whole once we finish all nine episodes. Right. I'm and uh, we'll we'll roll with it that way since there is a lot to unpack and it's a lot of different things and they are shorter episodes. So yeah, we'll we'll do a, an overall rating of Star Wars Visions at the end. So in like a month we'll have our overall rating for Visions. But episode two. Tatooine Rhapsody was definitely more my speed. Uh, it gave me big time like Yu-Gi-Oh! Five Ds vibes, which the animation style was really, uh, really gorgeous in that one. Yeah, well. the colors popped. Um, it gave you kind of like it wasn't like live action bits like with the motion and everything, but that's where I got like the Yu-Gi-Oh! Five Ds. If anybody has watched that arc of Yu-Gi-Oh! It's probably my favorite outside of the original, you know, series of Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds was great. Um, this one was done by Studio Colorido. And then in parentheses, it says Twin Engine. So I'll let oh. Dylan uh, do his research on that one to let everybody know who they work with. They do... Um... Oh, fuck, what are they? I actually don't know off the top of my head what are they... They, they they do more movies. Okay. I think they've done like a Pokemon or something. Poketoon they've done. Oh yeah, they did uh Pokemon Twilight Wings in 2020. Yeah, Whisker Away, that's popular. They do yeah. They do like it basically the, the, the this episode was on brand for what their work is. Okay. Like you like I, like I know you're not, you're not you're new to anime, but I would actually recommend like two of his movies because if you like the if you like the episode, then you would like the vibe of the movie. Yeah, this episode was super entertaining, and I think I like this episode more than the duel, which was the first episode, um, because there were familiar characters for Star Wars fans. Like Jabba the Hutt is in this episode. Boba, uh, Boba Fett is in this episode. We see that iconic uh, scene from the trailer where Boba looks like a fighter jet. Um, <laughs> yeah, which was awesome. And there was music involved, and everybody knows I fucking love music. It's and uh, catchy at the end, too. super catchy. I'm not gonna lie. I'm and not- I felt like homeboy too. And he was like, "Hey, Jabba, why don't you be our first sponsor?" I was like, "Man, I feel that on so many levels for our <laughs> podcast network. Why don't you be our sponsor?" Um, this episode was a ton of fun to just follow with too. The, the characters were super relatable. Um, so I'll let Dylan take us through this one as well. Um, yeah, so it starts. I think the coolest thing about like this episode is the range, and you kind of just said that. So, like, our main protagonist starts off as a Jedi who is escaping the temple when they get got, <laughs> like, in Order 66, yeah, which is like, like wild to think that like they don't want to make this canon when like there are events that are canon going on in this, but 
that was wild to see that like homeboy was trying to get away from order 66 yeah they're changing things to make it more like anime but they're still keeping the source material very much star wars so that's very much star wars and then he happens to stumble upon um which (laughs) i was watching this at work I was like, is this job of the hut? And I was like, no, he's too like weird looking. And then I was like, he's definitely like one of his sons or like a nephew. And then sh- Slug sure Boy. Shit. Yeah, sure shit. Slug Boy is related. Um, no, so he finds Slug Boy and it fast forwards to like they're at a gig. Uh, you have a a, a robot bassist. Slug Boy's uh, slinging the guitar. What an awesome name for their band too, Star Waver. Yeah, it's a cool name. I don't even know what kind of alien the drummer was there that that is one of my favorite characters the three-headed devil looking thing i i love the the art design of that character he was fucking awesome he was crazy and we saw him in the the like animation trailer too a few months ago when they like first showed like the first looks at star wars visions you and i were both like is that a devil yeah so um, no, so then you, you see all those characters. They're doing a venue, pretty, pretty, pretty good sized venue for their first concert, one of their first gigs. Um, don't really get to do much because some um, palace guards and Boba Fett come strolling up, and they're like, "Yo, we want voice by Tamira Morrison, which is sick." Uh, they're like, "Yo, we want you, Slug Boy," and Slug Boy is like, "Nah." But then Slug Boy does something I didn't expect, and it has flames out of his guitar. And it turns into like Scott Pilgrim, and then they're fighting. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> Star Waver versus the world. Yeah. Um, and then they get away to not get away, typical any any movie fashion. And then notably or nobly, uh Slug Boy does the good old I'll turn myself in so my friends don't get got. Um, then we get some flashbacks, and it shows just like the bond that I can't even think of the main character's name. Uh, Jay. Jay. Oh, that's easy enough. <laughs> uh, he's he's obviously has a bond with Slug Boy. Oh, well, I'm not. I'm just calling that. His, <laughs> his name is G or G. It doesn't matter. It's like forget Boy. how they he, pronounced it, but Slug Boy is great. Um, no, and rightfully so. Like just objectively speaking, and looking at it for what it is, like he hid him from like what order 66 was um a little little bad at hiding though when you keep your lightsaber on your hilt of your of your belt that's just like you know it's like bad optics it's like literally it's my quote oh, i can quote it it's like michael fassbender going like this and glorious bastards and dying because uh, it doesn't count the right way it's the same it's the same uh same same vibes no, when you get flashbacks, you see like what they're meaning, and then it cuts to the band traveling to, which is awesome to see, like Tatooine in anime. Uh, it cuts to Jabba's palace on Tatooine, um, and they're like, "Yo, we're here for you." Uh, <laughs> like they're ballsy, like, "Hey, we agreed to play one more song before you get executed," and I'm like, "Weird flex, guys." <laughs> like you really, but it's really that's really that's really anime esque, like the whole, yeah. you know gunho spirit um and they have a rock concert dude and it's the same place where they have pod racing now that's pod racing get the quote uh episode one uh no and then uh so they they have a concert uh they do well enough 
Kyle already said he has a quote. Jay says, like, Jabba be our first sponsor. And he's like sweating and nervous. And then, he's like, Why don't you be our first sponsor? And then Jabba's just like, You know what? He looks at the crowd and he's like, I kind of have to do it. Shit. Um, How hard did you laugh when they were like playing and you just see Jabba's tail like going with the I was, beat? I was that was dead. That was one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. It was just cool to see Jabba have like a little bit of vibing. It was vibing, and the 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 band wasn't that bad. Like the the whatever actor played Jay wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. At Sound like a punk, like a punk underground, like up and coming rock band. And that was just a cool episode because we you saw like the power of music in Star Wars. That's not, I mean, the only iconic power of music in Star Wars is do 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 like it's the Cantina song. Like that's the picture of those weird looking yellow aliens like going ham on like some space clarinets and space clarinets, saxophones. You know what I mean though? Like there's no real music. So so already in two episodes we explored like a samurai western mix duel uh like atmosphere and then we experience like the power of music like you know what i mean that's pretty cool and the third one i know that one's about twins so that's paying homage to like other star wars of the past so they really are like jumping along and doing different things which i feel like is awesome for star wars yeah so we're gonna uh get into episode three and four on next week's episode. But yes, overall, sir. I think both of these episodes were super fun. Uh, very different from what we're used to with star Wars. Dylan, I, I think you enjoyed episode one more so than two. And I enjoyed two more so than one, uh, which is good for banter and discussion. And yeah, um, I, I loved seeing animated like in this style of animation, familiar star Wars characters. Like I said, like with Jabba, with Boba Fett, uh, with Jabba's right hand man, tentacle boy, uh, <laughs> and uh, with with Squid Boy, I had like vibes from Star Wars Clone Wars with uh, the young evil hut that was always in prison that uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. gets um, broken out all yeah, the time yeah. by by Cad Bane. Yep, and he talks really annoyingly. Oh yeah, I'm I'm Squid oh. Boy. <laughs> God, I the character to die earlier than that, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I th- I'm super into it so far. It's a lot of fun. And uh, next week's studios, Dylan, to get everybody ready, I think we can preview the studios. So the twins episode, which you've watched already, was from one of your favorite studios, Studio Trigger. Yes, they do a fuck ton of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like... A lot, a lot, a lot. They do um, Gurren Lagann, and they do like a couple. Kill or kill. Yeah, that's, they do. They have some. They have some bangers. Um, what else do they do? Uh, they're doing the Cyberpunk Edge Runners in 2022. Ooh, uh, I've only watched like two of their. Like I said, I'm new to anime, so I've only like watched two of their. Uh, things but it's it's two of their pivotal things it's garen Logan and kill kill I and then episode four is kinema citrus i don't know i'm gonna have to google that one i don't, I don't know how you spell that <laughs> oh, uh, it's cinema with a k ah they do oh yeah the rising shield hero i've watched that they do a lot of things with exclamation points <laughs> 
they do Codebreaker too. Um, they did Card Fight Vanguard Overdress, which came out in April of this year. Um, not Code a lot Breaker's of things. I'm Black Bullet and Barakamon in 2014. <laughs> Barakamon. Made in Abyss in 2017. And the Rising Shield Hero, That's, Rising of the Shield Hero, in twenty that apparently is really popular. I have not watched it yet, uh, but it's apparently really popular. So those are the two that we'll be previewing next week. But Star Wars Vision seems like it's a lot of fun. Obviously, Lucas Films is still involved with it, um, but it's a new twist on Star Wars. So very much so, highly recommend watching it because it's very entertaining. It's just an interesting idea to go outsource. Yeah tons of other artists for like um just picture it like if you wanted to get something painted and you had the money and resources to get nine professional artists to paint the painting differently mm-hmm. that's that's cool yeah i i've i was blown away like i went in with like high expectations but like already two episodes into watching it expectations blown out of the water so very entertaining. I love the uh, the episode title of episode two too, Tatooine Rhapsody. <laughs> like, I was just like full blown like let's go, fucking Bohemian Rhapsody in my brain playing the whole time. What rhapsody. an amazing title. Um, little odds and ends before we wrap up. I don't know if you saw this, Dylan. This is from GiantFreakingRobot.com. I I like who I like giant robots. Uh, the the author of this article is Doug Nori exclusive and uh angelina jolie signed on for multiple marvel projects solo film in the works obviously we know she's gonna be in the eternals on november 5th but angelina jolie looks poised to be uh, a bit of a mainstay in in phase four of the mcu she can be my wife no um sorry i've always had a crush on angelina jolie um no so that's just interesting. I'm happy, I'm happy that she. I just I'm. That's a conversation for another day. I'm just curious how many of those internal or eternal characters um, like are going to stick around. You know what I mean? Besides just her. Yeah, I mean she's playing Thena in uh, the Eternals, and Thena's got a a big connection to Thanos in the John, comics. I hope Jon Snow, Kit Harrington's character, sticks around. Yeah, that'd be kind of dope. I think he will, cause he's the the one like human, right? He's kind of humany, but his weapon basically, um, it's not a, spo- it's not a spoiler. His, yeah, we don't know what the fuck's happened in that movie. <laughs> well, if they say true, the comic book, his weapon yeah. basically is more powerful with people who use it with like ill intent, aka a villain. So like, if a super psychopath like Carnage got it, be like OP. But if like someone like Scott Lang got it, it'd be the equivalent of like a water gun. Okay. So, like, his character is, like, good, but he's more like an anti-hero because he has to use weapons. Yeah, that's, that's, why I want, that's why I want him to look. Um, and then, obviously, our first big project that we're doing outside of the podcast for streamer season, our hashtag to dumb stream on Saturday, 12 p.m. Okay. Eastern time.
top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawers. Upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's how it we always went, goes. Like, like, we like, minutes and we were at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Uh, we'll probably be live like five minutes before just to get everything situated. But yes, sir. Netflix going ham, hard in the paint, dropping a whole bunch of content and never before seen footage and probably announcement dates for all of their projects that everybody is clamoring for from Stranger Things That's to crazy. Ozark to Big Mouth. Did they have like a schedule. Like, I mean, obviously they didn't like, uh-huh. cheat themselves, but like, did they release like, you know what I mean? Like a like a loose schedule, like. We're doing, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be like a half an hour long or an hour long, and then we're going to... I doubt it. I'm just curious, you know what I mean? Um, Probably first not. virtual global fan event. Um, so it's going to feature stars and creators from over 70 Netflix series, films, and specials. Uh, it's our first ever Global to Dumb event. And our goal is simple, to entertain and honor Netflix fans from across the globe, spokesperson from Netflix said. Uh, The event will feature interactive panels and conversations with the creators and stars of some of Netflix's most popular shows, including Stranger Things, Emily in Paris, The Witcher, The Crown, Cobra Kai, and Bridgerton. Netflix will also feature some of its popular films, including Red Notice, Don't Look Up, Extraction, The Harder They Fall, The Old Guard, and more. Um, bu- 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 bu. with this new fan event and other similar ones such as Geeked Week, Netflix is no longer relying on other programming for or conventions to promote its original content. Uh, the virtual live stream for the three-hour to dumb event starts at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, September 25th. The event will broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Netflix will be hosting special pre-shows to showcase its Korean and Indian original series and films along with its anime content at 8 a.m. Netflix's announcement comes as the streaming giant has spent the past year expanding its service and adding new features. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, so it's a three hour event. Um, don't know if we'll be live for the entire three hours or not, but we'll let you guys know as the stream goes on. We'll definitely be live for at least like the first like one and a half, two. Um, but you're going to get our live reactions to everything Netflix is bringing to the table because Netflix is back. That's true. I'm, I'm excited. I've been seeing leaks on Twitter. Kyle's got me like 
back in on Netflix. Um, I want them to dethrone HBO Max in my mind, like or Disney Plus. Like I want, I want competition. Like get my attention this way, get it this way. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm the viewer, cater to me. <laughs> very right. first, very first world problem and entitled of me. But hey, I pay, I pay you money for my, for you know, for your services. So. Uh, and then the final thing is Disney Plus Day has been announced for this year. Um, and that is going to be uh, pulling it up here. So on Friday, November 12th, so we still have some time, uh, the Walt Disney Company will host Disney Plus Day, a global celebration that will come to life across all dimensions of the company. Subscribers to Disney Plus will be treated to new content releases across the service's iconic brands. Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, and Star awesome. in the international markets, along with a special presentation on Disney Plus for fans with sneak peeks into what's to come. Additionally, the service will continue to engage new audiences around the world as Disney Plus expands into new Asia-Pacific markets on November 12th. Um, in honor of the second anniversary of Disney Plus, subscribers will have access to promotions and experiences across the company. Disney Parks, blah, 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 blah. Um, where is this? So I have a list that Disney Plus tweeted out as well for what we are going to see on Disney Plus Day, and that's going to include. So Disney Plus Day, here we go. Streaming exclusively November 12th, Dylan. We are going to have Marvel Studios, Shang-Chi, and The Legend Ooh. of the Ten Rings coming to Disney Plus. So we'll be able to give our official ratings on it then, even though you and I have both seen it in the theaters. Fantastic I kinda, movie. I want to see it again. I kind of want to go see it again. Uh, Disney's Jungle Cruise will finally be off of Premiere Access and be available for everybody. Home Sweet Home Alone, which is a new Home Alone. Yeah, I saw that they were doing that. It's kind of crazy. Disney's Olaf Presents will be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Disney and Pixar's Ciao Alberto, all new short uh, from The Simpsons. This, this is the one I'm super excited about. The World According to Jeff Goldblum from National Ge Geographic Season 2, Episodes 1 through 5, will be available on November 12th. If you have not watched The World According to Jeff Goldblum Season 1, do yourselves a favor, get all the snacks you possibly can, and this weekend, kick your feet up and watch The World According to Jeff Goldblum Season 1. It was one of the first things I watched when we got Disney+. Plus. It is so good. I could watch Jeff Goldblum do anything. And that is exactly what this show is. Jeff Goldblum picks a topic and just goes and explores as many avenues of that topic as he can to learn more about it. That's and it awesome. is so entertaining. I need um, to watch that now. So season two, episodes one through five will be out on November 12th. We'll also have a Star Wars special look, a Marvel special look, which has me very excited because that gives me thought of we're going to get insight on some of the shows coming in 2022 uh, plus more, which I don't know if this article has anything written in here. Um, 
so home sweet home alone is a reimagining of the popular holiday franchise um the olaf presents is frozen's beloved snowman retelling several classic disney tales as only he can that seems very interesting um we are going to get Chow Alberto from Pixar featuring characters from this summer's animated hit breakout film, Luca. Um, so it's a short film. I haven't either. I have to sit down and watch that for sure. Um, it's my people. I need to watch it. <laughs> oh, here it is. A special celebrating the origins and legacy of Star Wars legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett. Yes. A special celebrating the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney Plus with an exciting look towards the future. Uh, this one should have you excited. Dope Sick, an original series starring Michael Keaton, which will uh, be released in international markets as part of the Star General Michael Entertainment Keaton. Content Offering. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Oh, what is this? Uh, on top of this, Chapek, who is uh, the CEO of Disney, also noted that the company is moving towards a more consumer-based system for success, which means consumer demand will dictate what is produced at times. We have already begun to see this with the surplus of Star Wars shows that followed the incredible demand after The Mandalorian and continue to see it with Marvel. I'm all for more Star Wars shows, so that's music yeah. for my ears. And I feel like we're going to get an inside look at the Book of Boba Fett before that comes out the following month. I'm very content with that. We are in the golden age for this podcast, brother. So many mediums. We're a month out from Dune. I need... I, no, I'm not going to read the book. <laughs> I was gonna Hell no. Uh, but we will definitely be doing a Dune review for sure. Um, so get ready for all the content. But to dumb this weekend, our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI, Twitter at underground PHI and at streamer SZN Saturday, 12 PM. We'll be live streaming our reactions to hashtag to dumb Netflix's fan event. Uh, and you'll get our live reactions to everything that Netflix is bringing to the table and make sure you guys are following us on social media at streamer SZN uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Everything should be updated on Instagram. Hopefully very soon. Uh, I can't wait to watch the new episode of Turner and Hooch this weekend. Um, it's getting very juicy, very good. Can't wait. I need to and, get on. Uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting. Couple weeks. Mike Horowitz gonna be back on for a season recap. I know. So can't wait to have Mike back on the show as well. Uh, and you can follow Dylan on Twitter at Dylan Mazzola. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL three one one. And make sure you guys check out the website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com because I'm sure I'll do some sort of, or Dylan and I will do a combo blog of everything that Netflix brings yes, to the sir. table. Uh, so undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com is the website and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you felt about party Thor's episode of what if, how you feel about star Wars vision so far. And as Dylan always says, leave us recommendations of shows and movies to watch, whether we'll they're watch old or them. new, we will watch them. Uh, I love watching stuff. I, I, five I stars like only. Yeah, exactly. I love watching movies and, and TV. Obviously we wouldn't be in this podcast. Exactly. Uh, so leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, Dylan and I will be back next week to break down the penultimate episode of What If, break down two more episodes of Star Wars Visions. Maybe we'll have leaks and potentially find out if Kingpin's going to be in Hawkeye uh, because I don't know if you saw the fan theory, Dylan. 
people are thinking Kingpin might be the sixth member of the Sinister Six in Spider-Man wow. No Way Home. Yeah, do this to me. I'm going to bed right after this. I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'm going to be sitting there thinking it's going to be that theory. And then, like, you know, the sheep, I'll be like Michael Fassbender sheep. And that's going to pop over. But, like, I still have trouble sleeping after that. Everyone's thinking it might be that because of where Spider-Man No Way Home fits into the release episodes of episode four and five of Hawkeye. Shit. You might be right. Oh, shit. And also, Charlie Cox has not yeah. denied that uh, he could be in Spider-Man No Way Home. Here we go again. Oh, shit. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for always supporting this show. I know it's on the smaller scale right now, but we're ready to blow this thing up and take it to the moon. And uh, I think our hashtag to dumb stream uh, is going to be a big part of that this weekend. So tune in if you're around. Be a friend. Tell a friend. And uh, until next week, big thank you to our sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP at checkout to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get the vodka soda party packs at StatesideVodka.com before they're gone again. And uh, you got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer, use the Kenny Tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who's got Kenwood on tap. You got to be 21 or older to enjoy an ice cold Kenny. And of course, please drink responsibly. This has been another episode of Streamer Season, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Dylan, I'm KB. And until next week, keep pondering the question what if? Yeah.